Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for the 1st of July. My name is John Mason, and I'm glad you could join us. Following a reading from Psalm 145, there'll be a time of prayer, led by Andrew Pearson and Catherine Jacob. The prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978. Catherine will then bring us a Bible reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Andrew's the Dean, Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine is a member of the ministry team there. Music is also from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardew and Zachary Hicks. A reading from Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name for ever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name for ever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. And verse 8. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. Now as we turn to prayer, let us pray the prayer that the Lord Jesus taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. A prayer for today. Lord God, the unfailing helper and guide of those whom you bring up in your steadfast fear and love, keep us, we pray, under the protection of your good providence and give us a continual reverence and love for your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for all in authority. Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, we humbly pray you to bless all who hold positions of authority and public office in every land, so that all things, especially in these uncertain times, may be ordered in wisdom, righteousness, and peace to the honor of your holy name and the good of your church and people, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women, that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. Especially we pray for the welfare of your church, that we all may be guided and governed by your good spirit, so that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need. Especially we pray for family, Friends, those who are known to us, 
Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery, and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for the Gospel. Lord Christ, eternal Word and light of the Father's glory, send your light and your truth, so that we may both know and proclaim your Word of life to the glory of God the Father. For you now live and reign, God for all eternity. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. And now a reading from Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God's people will sometimes have doubts about their faith, for there is much in life that threatens to undermine our confidence in a God who is good. How can a good God allow the continuing spread of COVID-19, for example, not least amongst the poor? The only sort of faith that is immune to the silent question, how can a good God allow these things, is a blind faith, a faith that closes its mind to reality. Real faith has to confront the evil and suffering in the world. Paul the Apostle, in his letter to the Colossians, speaks of humanity being estranged, and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. For many centuries, the Western world recognized the existence of God, but in recent decades it has arbitrarily dismissed Him, together with the notions of heaven and hell, good and evil. Indeed, back in 2011, Jarvis Cocker, in an interview with Decker Aitkenhead, commented, I think basically becoming famous has taken the place of going to heaven in modern society, hasn't it? That's the place where your dreams will come true. It's an act of faith now. They think that's going to sort things out. That said, there are some who define themselves as atheists, 
but who say that only Christianity could have changed society from the brutalities of the Roman Empire to a culture where life has been respected. William Wilberforce, for example, because of his Christian faith, was a leader in the movement that legislated against slavery in Britain in 1833. But I have to say that the step of faith that says that God does not exist not only ignores the evidence and experience of history, it does not provide the solution to the yields of the world. A radical solution is needed, a solution that is outside human invention, because as history shows, no human solution has provided or can provide a just and lasting peace. Let's think about this. God could have written the universe off as a fiasco. He could have scrapped it and gone back to the drawing board. If the world was going to go this wrong, why did he make it in the first place? But that would have been an admission of defeat on God's part. It would have meant that in some measure he couldn't allow evil because he knew he couldn't beat it. The Bible tells us that from the very beginning of time, God was determined to defeat it. He decided on a much more costly strategy. He wouldn't abandon this evil and ungrateful world that had rejected him. He would rescue it. Paul is telling us here that when Jesus died on the cross, he laid the foundation for a just and lasting peace. Think of it this way. Suppose there's someone very close to you, a wife, a husband, brother, sister, or parent, who profoundly hurts you. They trample over your feelings, ignore you, and have no respect for you. In spite of all your kindness, they reject you. And now you see them in deep trouble. If you don't step in to help them, it'll be the end for them. What do you do? You could tell them to go to hell. Indeed, you might feel perfectly justified in telling them to do just that. But supposing when you consult your feelings, you find within your heart a love that wants to see them restored to your family. What do you do? You have to find the resources within yourself to absorb all the pain, the injury and the anger that boils up within you at the very sight of them, so that you can stretch out your hand and help them. What we see happening on that cross is God finding a way whereby he can absorb within himself the pain, the injury and the anger that is rightly within him when he looks at people like you and me who have hurt him and sinned against him. And says Paul, we know he succeeded, for God's people are the evidence of this. They are the nucleus of that reconciled community of men and women who have made peace with God and who now stand in His sight, holy, without blemish, and free from accusation. John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, could say, I once was lost, but now am found. Furthermore, the reconciliation Jesus has achieved has implications far beyond men and women. It will embrace the whole of the cosmos. From the time of the events recorded in Genesis chapter 3, the universe has been under judgment. Romans 8.20 tells us that creation has been subjected to futility. But now, because of Jesus' death, a day will come when God's people will experience the joy 
of standing in the presence of Jesus Christ revealed in all his glory. Indeed, we will find our true place in his creation as the new heaven and the new earth of truth and justice, perfection and peace are revealed. So when we have times of doubt, it's useful to ask ourselves whether any new information has come to light showing that Jesus' death and resurrection didn't actually happen. For if Jesus did die and was raised to life, we have the assurance that he is true and that one day his promises will be perfectly fulfilled. Jesus Christ alone has provided the means of reconciliation for a troubled world. The big question we have to ask is whether we will turn to him, freely acknowledging him as our Lord and Saviour? And will we admit that he alone has the authority to present a repentant, fallen men and women before a holy God, without blemish, freed from all accusation? And now may Christ, the Son of God, be manifest to you, so that your life may be a light to a broken world. And the blessing of God Almighty the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen.